First of all, I want to thank Dave and Jim for giving me the opportunity to uh, share with you guys. And second group of people I want to thank, uh, believe it or not, is actually you guys. You're taking a pretty big risk in uh, having me share today. And, 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 and no other reason than because in the eyes of this world, I am not trained to stand up here and share with you guys. You realize that? Like, I have never taken a seminary class. I have never, um, well, I, I, take, I, I think I took, uh, completed one online thing. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. Um, I have read the, through the Bible a couple of times, like three or four times, maybe. Um, yeah, uh, you don't, using the Vision app, I encourage you to do that. They have read through the Bible in one year. Pretty cool. But yeah, so you're taking a risk. But for, fortunately, for me, like, this book says something a little bit different about my qualifications, right? I am not qualified to actually stand up, at least in the eyes of the world, not qualified to stand up here and share with you guys. But there is something about the blood of Jesus that actually can take someone who had no experience, no past history of doing something, and actually make them what? qualified, right? So the blood of Jesus qualifies us. And the thing is, like, that is not unique to one section of the Bible. Like, we don't see that, like, just in the New Testament, right? We see that, like, going back, and in fact, like, way, way back to the uh, Father of, uh, of our faith, uh, Abraham, right? We see that in, in Abraham. When God called Abraham out of, uh, out of a homeland that he knew to go somewhere else, like, was Abraham really a traveler? In fact, like, let's go back. Like, imagine how that conversation went, right? I can see it right now. Abraham is sitting at Starbucks and leaning over a, a, a cup of coffee, and Abraham... Abram at the time, he was like, hey, Sarah, I have something to tell you. Hmm? What's that? Um, God spoke to me. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, yeah, he told oh, what? Yeah, yeah, he told us to leave and, and, and we're going to go someplace else. Oh, did he tell you where this someplace else was? No. Hmm. Um... Did he tell us or tell you how long it would take for us to get there? No. Um, <laughs> did he tell you what we would do once we got to the land? No. So they had all these questions, right? Think about it. Like Abram had to convince his wife to leave their comfort zone to step out in faith to serve the Lord. And not only that, get this, like this is kind of a cool thing. Um, not only was he able to convince his wife, who else did he convince? He convinced his father and mother and brother. So he convinced his whole family to follow him on this crazy idea of like, let's go wandering around to a destination that we have no idea where to get to. We have no idea what it's going to look like. We have no idea what we're going to do like once we get there. But God said to go. 
So God said, like, here's what you have to do first, and then we're going to, I will reveal more later. We can go Moses and Aaron. Moses and Aaron. Moses was a murderer and a coward. But yet God saw something special in him to do something pretty significant, right? I mean, to say, hey, you know what? Forget, forget helping out with the daddy-daughter dance. I want you. <laughs> I want you to take my people who are in slavery in Egypt out. Go back to the land that I promised who? Abraham, uh, Abraham right? Go back to that land. Take my people back to that land. Get them out of Egypt and go back to the land. Paul, we've heard of Paul, right? He wrote some books in the New Testament, mm-hmm, one or two. Um, but no, he, so Paul, he did what? Paul hunted Christians. He, he um, not only did he punish, he hunted, tortured, and in some cases executed followers of the way. Um, now, there's another character in the Bible I want to uh, bring to your attention real quick. And, and, and this was something that was brought to my attention because it's a way that I had to change my own mind, my own intentions, my own, my own thoughts, was um, a guy named Peter. Now, Peter did a couple of different things in the Bible. He stepped from the boat to the sea walked on, on water, and when he kept his eyes on Jesus, he was fine, but when his eyes got off of Jesus, he sank. But Peter did this other thing that, you know, I, I've been guilty of, not going to lie, is he corrected Jesus on his theology. How many of us have ever done that? How many of us it's like, you know what? This is what I think, Lord, so let me find some scriptures in your word to support what I think and what I believe, so therefore you can conform to my way of thinking. What did Jesus say? He said, get behind me, Satan. But yet, Jesus never stopped what Peter, loving, said, upon my house I will build this So I bring up all these examples to say that, like, this is just the tip of the iceberg. If I had uh, the whole power thing uh, point, I would show you a list, a long list of people in the Bible who had little to no significance, or so we thought, and God was able to use them in miraculous ways. They only had to do one thing, it was take the first step. When God puts something on your heart, when he puts a vision on your heart, we may not have all the answers, we may not know all the pieces, but we just have to take that first step. And here's the thing. We are grafted into the, the, those people, into this, into this book, into this story. God takes a wild olive branch and brings us into the tree. Their, their story, what we're reading about Abraham, what we're reading about Moses and Peter, Paul, Ruth, Esther, their story is our story. Their examples are our examples. Um, 
Ecclesiastes said something that's pretty astonishing. At least I think it's astonishing. It says that everything is the same, that there is nothing new under the sun. So either God is who he was back then, or he's not. Our God, at least the God that I read about, he did not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, right? So if he is able to do that promise for Abraham to, to bring Abraham to, to the land, to promise land to the people, to you, Peter, to you, Paul, then he should be able to do the same thing with, right? I know we're talking about uh, service today, and like when Dave asked me to share, I was like, Dave, I think people just need some encouragement to step out, to take that first step. We may not know what we're doing. In fact, here's another little story. Um, How many of you have ever gotten a new job? Anyone ever gotten a new job? Now, when you got hired for that new job, did you know everything like what you were supposed to do? No, right? But we learned things little by little, did we not? And so if our new boss can do that, how much more can the living God do that? So if our so if our employer saw and, and well not only that, like you know like so 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 not only are like we getting a new job, they're they're our employers are crazy enough to pay us to do something that we don't really know how to do. Uh, <laughs> so if man can do that, how much more can the Lord use us if we're just willing to say, hey, here I am. It's funny, um, I remember when the Lord first opened up my eyes about, like, serving, like, serving, and um, I realized, like, you know, I really, I'm not serving, like, I don't know what, how to do, and whatever, so I went to, like, what I know best. I started with where I was comfortable. I started um, with AV, audio, video, where I'm comfortable. So I'm back there. Well, not. Um, so I'm doing audio video and uh, enjoying it, liking it. Then the Lord uh, said to me two words, to speak. I want you to speak. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, you realize my qualifications, right? You're like, here I am, a guy who's worn hearing aids all my life. So, like, I don't have a, the best... Uh, audio perception of language. Um, Believe it or not, I stutter at times. There are words I have a hard time pronouncing, but yet, kind of the same way as like, if you can use people in the Bible that their story is my story, that I'm going to obey. And just through a chain of events, God opens the door. God had made a way. He had made it possible. You see, anytime that God makes a promise, he puts his character on the line. I heard that last, uh, last weekend, and it, it just had really stayed with me. When God makes a promise, when he says, I love you, I will never leave you or forsake you, he is putting his character on the line. Um, I'm going to deviate a little bit here. 
Um, I heard something uh, uh, last Sunday. I wasn't with you guys. I was at uh, uh, Greenmont. They were doing a uh, thing on Israel, Palestine, and the Bible. And they showed a video that hope to bring encouraging, not just encouragement, not just to uh, people we anointed, but to all of us. But he showed a video over the weekend. I can't remember uh, what day it was. But you guys heard of the Dead Sea, right? We know the Dead Sea. You guys know what's going on in the Dead Sea right now? It is such an exciting time to be alive. Exciting. The Dead Sea, which at one point contained more salt than, than the average ocean, it's starting to drop rating. Not only that, there is literally, literally like fresh water bubbling up from the ground of the Dead Sea. They, it, it doesn't stop there. Um, there are sinkholes being formed around the Dead Sea by fresh water. Fresh water is causing sinkholes that never happened before to actually form around the Dead Sea and bubble up. Look it up. Seriously, look it up. But not only that, like, you guys know that would actually prophesize? Like, in our Old Testament, God said that there would be many fishes in the Dead Sea. And we are seeing it right now. So if you think that there's something in your heart, that's a, that there's an area in your life that God can't penetrate, that he can't get to, remember, there is fresh water bubbling up in the Dead Sea right now as we speak. I, uh, I do want to be mindful of our time here. Another thing of an encouragement and of challenge that uh, I want to give you guys. The single, and, and I heard this probably two or three weeks ago, the single greatest words that you can speak over your life, uh, over your life are the words that follow, I am. I am a child of God. I am a failure. I am... You have to fill in that blank. That's why Yahweh said to Moses in the desert, he said, I am that I am. What God was actually saying right then and there, he says, I am greater than anything on this earth. I am greater than anything that can come against you. I am that I am. And I encourage you, 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 I kind of feel like this is a process and like I'm still doing it. I made a column. And I just took a piece of paper, I drew a line, and at the top of it, I wrote, I am. And I put pros on one, cons on the other. And I got honest with myself, and I wrote down, like, what are cons in my life that come after I am? And I wrote down some pros. So just right now, I'm tackling one word at a time to move it from that con to that pro. It's a journey. It's a process. No one is like, you know, no, like we don't come to the, none of us come to the cross clean and innocent. None of us get there perfect. In fact, I'd heard this story too, and it, it stayed with me. He said, you know, if, 
if I had two lines, two rows, and in one row I can offer instant healing or, or instant cure, then over here, yeah, you're, you're going to get cured, but it's going to take you a couple years. You're going to have some growing pains. But here's the thing. Once you get to the point of when you're cured, unlike this line, they're just they're getting cured. They're going to the back and starting all over again. If we're willing to go through the hard times of letting the Lord transform us from the inside out, from our heart to our souls, then we are going to see lasting change in our lives. And I stand up here before you today and say, hey, look, I'm going through that right now. There are things that I'm tackling that I want the Lord to move from pros to cons. Again, like we're talking about what, service today? I have to keep it working and remind myself. But <laughs> um, When we step out in service, I don't know if we realize this, but it is singing. Not all of us have good singing voices. Um, I'm not talking about me, of course. No, um, <laughs> no but not all of us have good singing, uh, singing voices. But God doesn't care about how we sing or, or what we sound like. He cares about our worship. Our worship is stepping out in faith. He does not call the capable, but the willing. You just have to be willing. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how much you know. If you are willing to step out, if you are willing to serve, then um, that right there is service, worship. I, I kind of told Dave yesterday in a text, and I should have given you guys a heads up. We are going to have to go old school today. I cannot put the words of the Bible up on the screen. I'm sorry. So if you want to, get out 2 Kings. <laughs> Second Kings 6. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 7. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time uh, with it, but I do want you guys to uh, just bookmark that and read that on your own. It said, Then the sons of the prophet said to Elijah, Please notice the, that the place where we live under your supervision is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan where we can each get a log and can build ourselves a place to live there. Go, he said. Then one said, Please come with your servants. I'll come, he answered. So he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. As one of them would cut down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water, and he cried out, Oh, my master, it was borrowed. Then the man of God said, Where did it fall? When he showed him the place, the man of God cut a stick, threw it there, and made the iron float. Then he said, Pick it up. So he reached out and he took it. Now let's bring this back to a context that we can understand and bring it into a, uh, into a mindset that I, I myself had never heard this before. These people, they stepped out. They tried something. 
they did something. They were like, you know, like we really feel like we need to do this or that needs to be done, so we're going to go. So they go, they start cutting down trees, right? And then they screwed up. In this case, it just so happened that the axe head fell, fell off and it went into the water. It screwed up, right? And so what did he do? What's the example and what's the example from this story that we should take and apply to our lives? They cried out to the man of God. Who should we cry out to? Lord, I need your help. I screwed up. I can't do this on my own. I, you know, like I have this happening over here. Then what did the man of God do? He went and he cut off a branch. Now, here's the interesting thing about the Bible, and like we don't really take note of it. We don't know how much time passed. We don't know if he cut, if that was a big branch, a small branch, if that was a whole, like, we don't know. And the way the, that the Bible can sometimes be read, it can be like, oh, that was like, maybe, what, five minutes, right? Five minutes to cut the branch. But who knows, that might have been a day. We don't know. So sometimes the Lord doesn't answer us right away, right? right. And just one little thing I want to throw out, throw out at you. But so something happened. The man of God worked. God works. We don't even know if the man whose axe head fell into the lake actually saw what, what was crying out to the Lord. We have no idea what if he is doing something. Then the man of God, once he had his branch, he threw it onto the problem, right? We must do the same thing. That branch, I believe in this story, is actually the cross. We must throw the cross onto our problems. Then the miracles will happen. Then the axe will float. Then somehow these two people who have hated each other could not agree. Somehow they're agreeing. Or whatever, right? Fill in the blank. We all have the issues. But... The story doesn't stop. The act doesn't just float and somehow suddenly get back on the stick, right? The guy had to reach in and pick up the axe head. So just because God works in something does not mean that our job is necessarily done, at least in this example. Sometimes it may be. We must, be always, we must always be willing to be a slave to the Lord until his work is completed. So here's the thing, you may think that you are unqualified and capable, but he has a special calling on your life. He said in Psalms that I knit you together in your mother's womb, that I know every ounce of your fiber. When God makes a promise, he puts his character on the line. Everyone has the same calling on the life. Like we all serve. We're all called to serve God's people. God says in his word that he desires that no one shall perish. That should be our calling too, that no one shall perish. I am going to kind of close here. But worship and service is not based on you. In fact, you have little to no qualifications You are not capable. None of us are capable. 
It is based on who he is. I'll go a little bit further. Not about how you feel. (laughs) Not about what you think or, or even where you are in your life. God will honor the little things that we do for him. So the challenge I leave for you, like while we take communion, is I know, like, look out here, I see a lot of different people in a lot of different lives. Some of you are serving, some of you are not, and 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 that that's fine. And some of you may be like, I want to serve, but I don't know, whatever. Um, get before the Lord today during the communion time and just ask Him, Am I serving in the way that You want me to serve? For some of us, the answer is going to be like yes, no. Sometimes it might be silence. It's sometimes the hardest answer, isn't it? When God is silent, we don't know what, what he's going to say. Keep asking the question. Keep asking the question. Am I serving where you want me to serve? Then, I stood up here and said that our job is to serve God people, right? So if God is being silent on you, and I sometimes think that's the hardest thing to answer, the hardest thing to do. If God is being silent on you, say, all right, you know what, Lord? I'm not getting an answer from you, so I'm going to serve in one area. I don't know. You start with what you know. Start with what you are good at. And here's, here's the other thing. It may not be here at the church, maybe somewhere else, maybe loving, who, who knows? Like, we'll direct you where you need to go. Start with what you know and let that be your act of worship. Yes. 